We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself Where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. If we are to go forward, we must go back and rediscover those precious values that all reality hinges on moral foundations and that all reality has spiritual control. Martin Luther King Jr. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Maria Wong, and the theme for our show today is the gift of values. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit www.bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you can be part of our mission to increase literacy and positive media message media. It's always the season for giving, so give big. So today with our show, we have the gift of values. So I thought I would just start off with the basic definition of values. The dictionary has both A and B. A being the regard that something is held to deserve, the importance, worth, or usefulness or something. Or B, a person's principles or standards of behavior, one's one's judgment of what is important in life. Now, no matter what you think, the values that you have are things that you prioritize and think that are important in defining your life and work. Often and understandably, morals and values can be easily confused. Though correlated, the main difference we need to realize is that morals are formed by societal norms, religion, cultural mores, and etc. It's what society and outside forces deem as acceptable and unacceptable. Meanwhile, you have complete control over what you value, what you choose to prioritize. In my opinion, I think there's your own set of personal beliefs that help determine what you want to do in your life and what you want to accomplish. Overall, value should help determine your priorities and how you want to live your life. So, obviously, they're super important. Many articles have shown that often, if you find a life that matches the values that you want to live, you'll be content and satisfied. When they don't, however, that's when you start to want more out of your life. So finding these values are super important, and especially at such a young age, it's really important to know what you want down the line. And though this might seem like an arduous task, the first thing I would suggest to do is just to write everything down that you love and prioritize. Write this down on a piece of paper, on a notebook, whatever you have. It could be anything, whether it's something you admire in a person, like their sense of humor, integrity. It can be lifestyle choices that you hope to have, like pursuing a job that you love or having a family or living in a certain area. 
all of these are different values that you can have and just write them all down, whatever you're thinking at all. And once you have all of them, you can list them in numerical order. Number one being the highest of really what you value and what you want out of your life. And once you're able to do this, you're able to sort of set up this loose value system where you're able to think about with whatever decisions you make, how does this correlate with the values that I want in my life? What do I value and want in my life? And if you feel like in your life right now that you're unsatisfied and you're searching for something more, if you make this list and just look over and see what's lacking perhaps and just look over and realize what maybe you can fix or work on to really bring different values in. As a high school senior for me, it's been a really hard time right now deciding where I want to go to college. I have to commit um, by next month, and I'm currently deciding with my top two, and they differ so much. Um, It's a large public university close to home and a small liberal arts college that's five hours of plane ride away. And what really has helped me sort of narrow down these options is by thinking about what I value and what I want in my college experience and what I want for the connections that I'll get from this college and all the experiences and things I learn. I take a lot into consideration, um, whether it's environment and location, whether I want to be in an urban area where there's a lot of stuff to do outside of campus, but is super close to home or somewhere that's far away in a rural village where everything is very college oriented or not really in the town. And I know for me at the end of the day, what I really value is getting the opportunity to learn while also having fun and having all these different adventures and learning more about myself because that's what I know I would really value out of a college besides having rigorous academics that challenge me both intellectually and personally. And it's just really important, I think, for every high school senior to really have their set of values and it'll really help make whether you're going to college or starting to work right away or taking a gap year, whatever your after graduation plans may be, it's so important just to have these different values. So for me, um, just going back to my college decision, um, once again, um, for anybody out there who's thinking of college, really think of just the environment and the different class sizes that you want, whether you want to be in a small class where um, if you value having discussions and seminars, or if you want to have um, bigger classes where you're more in a lecture. And just all of these different options are so important in choosing the values that you want. So overall, what I suggest to everybody out there, um, especially as a young teenager right now, just to really start thinking about what you really value in your life and really what you want to prioritize. So that is all we have for right now. We'll be back shortly. I'm Maria Wong. Please support our show in these amazing segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program. For more info on how to do this, go to www.bethestarur.org and follow our blog. Get ready for a fun event coming up on May 13th, the Moraga Fair. More information is at our website, www.bethestarur.org. Don't go anywhere as we continue our talk.
Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our uplifting, inspiring program. I'm Maria Wong, and you're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. For this segment, we have Robin Rowe. Now, Robin counseled adolescents in Boston before she moved to Dallas to run a mentoring program for at-risk teens. Today, we'll be discussing her new novel, A List of Cages, Hi, Robin. Hi, Maria. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on today. So just starting it off, um, were you always interested in writing as a young adult? Did you always know you wanted to be an author? Um, yeah, I did. I started writing when I was really little, like seven, um, and I always wanted to be a writer, but it just seemed like one of those unrealistic jobs that you could never do in real life. So I... Yeah, I just didn't think I'd actually ever get to be one. So I'm very excited to actually have a book. Great. Yeah. So can you give our listeners some insight on your new novel, A List of Cages? And since we are, this theme um, is the gift of values. Could you also just list what values you think are pertinent throughout your novel? Okay, well, so A List of Cages is um, about a boy named Adam. He's 17, and he becomes the uh, assistant, or he becomes an aide to the school counselor. Um, And she ends up sending him to track down this troubled freshman who's been dodging their sessions. And then Adam discovers that this boy is Julian, who actually was Adam's foster brother four years earlier, and they've been separated since then. So... Julian um, kind of is back in Adam's life, but Adam realizes that Julian's keeping secrets that could cost both boys their lives. Um, So essentially, that's what the book is about. And the core um, theme of the book is kindness and the power of kindness. Great. Yeah, that's so great because I just love um, just talking to all of these authors. And I often feel just as like an artist and writer myself, we're always trying to promote different messages or change the way that people are thinking through our work. And being able to really promote kindness, I feel like is so essential, especially in this time and age. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So did um, any of your past experiences, such as counseling adolescents in Boston or having right now your program for at-risk teens influence um, the characters in your novel? Um, well, I'd say... They influence them in the sense that um, the kind of the the general experiences that my students went through um, kind of shaped my um, 
maybe kind of in a very general sense, but um, I had always kind of been interested in this um, in counseling teens even before um, I started writing, or I'm sorry, even before I'd started this novel. So I actually, um, I drew a lot from personal experience too. Um, you know, just like I had actually, when I before I started this book, I'd actually been working on a memoir. And um, I got to the end of it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is way too personal. I would never <laughs> share this. But um, but what was great about it is it helped me reconnect with like the feelings and the experiences that I'd gone through as a teenager. And those experiences really motivated, motivated me to go into the field of counseling. And so it was kind of, a, it was a lot, I guess, that I drew from like all the experiences I'd gone through growing up and then later my experiences in working with kids. So that all kind of made it into the book. Oh, yeah, that's so great and so cool. So I was also wondering, so the title is A List of Cages, which is a very interesting title. What's What was the um, significance behind titling it? Like a list of cages, because yeah. So so throughout the book, Julian, um, his most prized possession is this book of lists that his mother kept, and you know throughout the book, he's trying to understand you know what these lists could tell him about her because she's um, she died you know before the story begins, and so he's using this book to try to understand who his mother is, and then as the as the book progresses. Um, Julian writes his own list and that is his list of cages and as as the book kind of unfolds you understand that the cages are anything that can keep us from living the life that we want to live and um, and it can be the sort of restrictions that other people put on us but in large part it's also the restrictions that we put on ourselves you know our fear of of just acting, our fear of living for fear of what other people may think of us. Yeah, that's so interesting because I definitely feel like so great how cages not only physically um, are often used to contain things, but also the fact, yeah, just all of these different fears, especially I feel like adolescents and teenagers have while in high school or middle school, just all these things holding them back can definitely be um, restrictive. Do you have advice for um, just for all of our listeners out there, for um, anybody who sort of feels like they're restricted right now, like they have these cages that are restricting them from being who they really want to be, any advice for them? Hmm. I would say, first and foremost, we have so much power in our own lives and in the lives of other people. Um, I think sometimes it just doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel like we have any control um, about how, about what's happening. Um, but to be, to understand that we really do have a lot of power um, can help, can just, just knowing that can help those walls start to break down. And then also I'd say to just be kind to yourself. I think um, we tend to be so hard on ourselves and we tend to notice every little flaw that other people don't even see and so I think also to understand that that you're amazing and if you can just start to accept yourself and love yourself for who you are also those those barriers are going to start to break down I believe yeah I'm definitely on the same page with that um it brings me back to when 
I was younger with my mom, she would always read to me this one. Barbie used to have her own set of books um, (laughs) that would just have these different values. It was very interesting. But one of them that we would read over and over was how Barbie was her best friend and how you have to be your own best friend first Mm. or you're anybody else's friend. That just made me think of what you were saying, you know, just because I feel like it is so important to accept yourself for who you are and value who you are and everything that you have, that you have self-worth and all of these different things. Um, and I just think it's so important, especially for young girls and boys. Um, but yeah, um, also, so like as a writer, what values do you feel are integral to have as a writer? Um, whether it's like perseverance, integrity. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think empathy is a big one um, because to write, you really have to get into the mind and heart of, of your characters, even even the villains. Like, I think it's really important to understand who they are and where they're coming from. And if you can have that um, compassion for for people in general, I think it, it's really going to help come into play when you're writing. Yeah. Do you have um, any favorite authors that you feel like have influenced the way you write or just the way you view the world? I would say one of, I really love memoirs and, and one of my favorites is um, called Finding Fish by Antoine Fisher and it's just so heartbreaking but it's also really uplifting and I think what really impacted me in that book was the power of hope, um, just just the power of, of believing that things are going to get better and to keep going um, through the most difficult situations, uh, that, that really influenced me. Yeah, that's, I feel like that's so important, just having hope and knowing that there is, it is going to get better if you are in a tough situation and knowing that you can look forward to the future and reflect on your past, but not have to dwell on it. Um, In fact, that really brings me back to this summer, I was um, a camp counselor for a camp called Camp Hope America, which is a Mm -hmm. camp for children who have suffered severe trauma. Whether it's gun violence, um, family violence, just a lot of different things. And that just really resonates with me, I think, because we were called Camp Hope. And we really do promote the power of hope. That hope is probably one of the most powerful things, you know, somebody can have in order to keep going on. Even when you have faced all of these different tribulations and violence, Um, just hope is so important. Yeah, I agree. And I haven't heard of this camp, but it sounds amazing. And it really, it sounds incredible. So, and I agree with you. I mean, I think if you can really believe that things are going to get better, um, you're going to just feel so much more agency in your life and that you're not defeated, but you actually can get through this and, and you can have an incredible life. Yeah. And speaking of hope in a different form, I know writing sometimes can be such an arduous task, especially writing a novel or a memoir. Um, It can just be a really long process with writer's block. Um, Did you ever get writer's block and how did you face that? Um, I, I did. I would say, yeah, I did have writer's block and it always came from insecurity. It would just be, um, me feeling like I can't do it or I or what I'm writing is is terrible and you and, and I think one of the most inhibiting things in the world is when we start to tear down our own work um so for me the the only way I could get through it um 
it kind of again goes back to that kindness and just being kind to myself and just telling myself over and over that I could do it and um, and telling myself not to judge what I'm doing because um, I think setting those goals are really important whether it's you know how many hours you're going to write a week or how what your work count's going to be each day but just to do it without that self-criticism and that judgment so once I was able to really release the the um the criticism, I, I was able to, to really just take off with the writing. Yeah, definitely. That's so great just because um, I definitely feel like that's what a lot of um, writers go through. And we definitely, artists can definitely be critical on themselves. So yeah, very true. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Do you have any other advice for any young writers out there in the audience, like advice on how to start writing or how to just anything in general? Um, I would say write as if no one is ever going to read it. Because I think when we focus too much on what someone's going to think of it, that's when we start to censor ourselves. And I really believe the best writing comes from honesty. So if you can just write, not worry what anyone else is going to think, um, and just write it for you, um, then all those like raw, embarrassing, you know, all the emotions that you might not share with someone if you knew, okay, I'm about to hand this off to a friend or someone. Um, If you know it's just for you, you're going to be able to write with pure authenticity. So that's what I'd say. Just write as if no one will ever read it. Yeah. And I feel like in doing so, that's also such a cathartic experience um, just to really like, just to write it all out and then sort of see and examine it from another point of view and without the stress of, oh, someone else is going to read this. Everyone's going to read this. Just so important. Um, Do you have any other new projects, such as another book, novel, memoir coming out soon? Um, Well, I, so, so when I um, signed with my publisher, it was a two book deal. So I do have another book that I'm working on that I will hopefully, (laughs) you know, get polished and finished um, very soon to hand off to my editor. And it's also going to be a YA contemporary. Great. And how has the feedback been for A List of Cages and hearing, especially since it is a YA novel from um, teenagers? It's been really, really amazing. I had never really shared my work before this book. And so it was just a really scary experience at first, you know, like handing it out um, or, you know, first getting the agent and then the publisher and and then later having readers um, actually have the book and read the book. Um, but it was, it's been so wonderful to hear their stories and to hear from them. Um, I think especially because of the content of the book and it is a really emotional book, Uh it brings up, I think, a lot of emotions for people reading it. So to hear from them, hear their stories, I mean, it's just been really amazing. Yeah, I feel like that's one of um, the best parts of being able to share your work is finding others who really connect with it or even find a new perspective that maybe you weren't thinking of. Um, Yeah. Just any of those things, just getting feedback, I feel like is so rewarding in itself. Um, yeah, it is. And that's totally new for me because I have been writing since I was seven and just too scared, honestly, too scared to show it to people. And finally, I just did it. And it has been extremely rewarding. Yeah, well, I'm so glad that you finally shared your work with the rest of the world. And yeah, thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. We'll be back very shortly. Um, everybody, please make sure 
to visit Robin's website at robinrowrider.com and, of course, check out our novel, A List of Cages. Also, please visit our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com for photos, descriptions, links, blogs, and more. Also, please visit our charity site at bethestarur.org and watch more fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash bethestarur.org. Stay right here as we continue our discussion on values. I'm Maria Wong. Show the world your smile Be the star you are If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Maria Wong. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. Today on Express Yourself, we are discussing the gift of values, and we're back with Robin Rowe, the author of the the list of cages. So, um, Robin, there's been getting there's been so many great reviews for your new novel, and it just came out in January. Um, it must be so great just to get back all this feedback. Were you? Um, I was just wondering, were you surprised by any of the feedback that you received? Um, well, yeah, I was because I think, um, you know, when I was initially working on this book, um, it's one of those things where I was like, kind of like everything else I've worked on, I didn't think I was ever going to show it to anyone. And, um, you know, and then when I actually did, I was terrified. I was terrified to actually um, send it out to agents. And then I was terrified at the next stage when I knew it was going to print and people were going to be reading it. So, um, every step of the way, I feel extremely grateful for all of the, um, responses that I'm getting. And it's just, it is, it's very exciting. Yeah. And it's very flattering. Yeah, for sure. So I know there's definitely a lot of different steps in the book writing process to getting it published and sold. So I know you said you were, um, understandably very frightened at first to have people read your work because that can be such a scary thought to think that everybody can be reading what you have and all of your different personal thoughts. But what really pushed you past that barrier of fear to start the process? Um, well, actually, I got really sick and um, my health was really suffering. Um, and suddenly everything just kind of came into perspective. Um, it just seemed... Like, 
it was, I didn't want to wait anymore to really pursue something that mattered so much to me. And, um, you know, and I was started working on it while I was kind of still in the midst of illness. And I, you know, I'm, I'm great now. I'm doing great now. But it just, it, I don't know, it really changed me. It made me realize that all those things that I had been afraid of, like what other people think just really don't matter. Um, and yeah, so that just really prompted me to go for it. Yeah, and that's so great because I feel like even though it's so unfortunate with illnesses and health problems that um, even though you had that um, through it, you were able to be inspired to write your novel and to step out of this fear. Um, I think that's just so great. And I think when you come upon those scary incidents like that where life um you just really realize, I feel like, the importance of life and your life and what you want to do, and nothing's really going to stop that from happening if um, fear is holding you back. Yeah, yeah, you do. I think you you realize that, um, that I really do think we have a mission or something we feel really passionate about and called to do, and you know, sometimes, though, we're just afraid to do it, and I, it really did put it in perspective that this was something I had wanted so much since I was so young, but just fear was keeping me back. So, yeah, so I was, I'm really grateful that I, you know, that something really good came out of that. Yeah, well, I am too. And I feel like so many readers around the world are so grateful for your book, just because books really are mediums in ways that we're able to communicate with each other and share experiences that maybe someone else is like, no one knows how I'm feeling, but then reading a book or just other media, they realize that there are other people like there and there are things I can do to really get what I want through my life and find the value in it. Mm, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So um, just going, so you've been writing since you were seven years old, which is <laughs> Really great. Um, were you always interested in writing fiction, like creative stories when you were young or memoirs, or did it sort of shift over time? Um, no, it was it was always fiction. Um, and I, I had been writing fiction and compiling, you know, first it was stories and then, you know, longer and longer pieces and books. Um, and then um, I also worked on a memoir too. But yeah, in general, it's been fiction. Okay, great. Yeah. Were you able, you feel like... Um, just all the time, there was always just time to write or were you inspired by certain things and then you would start writing like what really started that off? Um, I think when I was younger, it's, you know, I was, you know, Julian, the character in the book is this very shy, timid kid and um, had a really hard, has a really hard time talking to people. And when I was growing up, that was just so me. I was extremely shy and um, really had a hard time expressing myself. And so through writing, I was able to talk, you know, in a way that I, I don't think I could have, you know, through actually talking out loud, you know, but, but through my work, I could really express myself. So I think that's, that's really where it came from. Yeah, well, we're so glad that you were able to express yourself through that way. And now you're on Express Yourself. So, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So that's just um, so great that you were able to write from such a young age. Also, um, do you think that for like, do you have any, um, like working at a high school, you're also um, a high school special ed teacher, correct? Um, I am writing full time now, but yes, I um, 
throughout my history, my career, I was a preschool teacher, and then I also ran the children's program at a battered women and children's shelter. Then I was a counselor, mostly working with teens with addiction. Then I ran a mentoring program, and then I was a special ed teacher. So yeah, like my whole career has been working with kids. Wow. So all of those experiences combined, how do you think those have shaped your personal values? Um, it's interesting because I think, I don't know. I think, you know, I think when I went into some of these fields, just kind of coming from my own background, um, I expected kids to be, I guess I didn't expect all the strength I saw. Like they just Mm. showed me so much strength and resilience and it really has inspired me as a person, you know, because when I look at some of the things I experienced and even like, you know, when I started my career, I don't know that I felt like I was completely past certain experiences in my own life and to see how strong they were so young and um, just see that resilience and the optimism, um, I don't know. It, it was just it was just really inspiring. Inspiring. Yeah, for sure. I feel like kids are always such a great source of inspiration because not only, as you said, they're so strong and resilient, but I also feel like they're so honest all of the time and yeah. just really say what's on their mind, which I feel like is so great. And yeah. they really are just um, symbols of strength, no matter what they've gone through. Um, yeah, so how how was your transition from working with children in all of these different careers to deciding to write full time? Um, it, it's I really miss the kids. That's that's one thing. I I mean I love writing and it's really wonderful to be able to be able to pursue that. But it's it's a more solitary profession, and so you kind of have yeah. to really make sure you're getting out of the house sometimes <laughs> and going out with friends. And but I do I I miss the kids because um, they just give you such energy and life and perspective and um and I yeah and I miss you know having that one-on-one connection with kids so I, I do miss it I definitely miss it as um yes as a full-time writer now are you solely right now focusing on your next YA novel or are you also writing articles blogs different types of pieces um I'm I'm always I'm not doing blogs or articles um but I'm always working on several things at once, uh, just just because I'll find that if I work on the same novel um, alone for like a year, then I it doesn't feel as fresh. And so I just think it's important to take those breaks and, you know, work on something else for a bit and then come back to the main project. And so yeah. I'm working on like multiple novels. Okay, great. Are they all right now um, YA novels or are they different genres for different audiences? Um, They're mostly YA, but they're not all contemporary. And then there's one that's for adults. Great. Do you have, do you feel like you have a preference in writing for different genres you feel like or audiences or is it all the same? Um, I think in, well, I, what I like about YA is the pacing. Um, I, I really enjoy that. But if I get really excited about a project, it kind of, um, I usually feel that same enthusiasm no matter what it is. Like if I'm feeling this passion, then it can be in any genre. Yeah. And that's so great because I feel like you definitely are like just a true blood writer having this passion (laughs) for whatever you, um, whatever you're interested in writing. Mm -hmm. So also just with the writing process itself and publishing books, 
do you have to write proposals for your literary agent or does your agent often pitch ideas to you before you write long pieces? Um, I actually, um, actually neither. I just, um, I was just given a lot of trust from my agent in my editor. And so they basically have said for the second book, just whatever I want to write, um, I can write. So I haven't, um, I'm just, so I'm just working steadily at this and they haven't seen it yet and they don't actually know what it's mm-hmm. about. So hopefully they like it. I'm sure they will. And um, <laughs> do you have a certain writing routine that you go through every day or does it sort of um, change? Um, I really become a creature of habit, actually, with my writing. I, I used to be able to write anywhere, and now it just feels like such a personal process for me that um, I just don't like writing anywhere except at my house, Where, and usually I don't even like it if someone's <laughs> at home. So I like to write alone at my house, and I also, the, the one thing that I find really important is before I start writing, I just need to do something to clear my head. Like, I can either... Um, meditate or um, go for a walk, but I just find it really important to um, release anything from the day um, that may find its way into the work and just kind of clear space for the characters to come in. Yeah, and it's definitely interesting how you um, noted both of those sort of as more physical activities before really taking on writing, which I feel like is such a arduous mental task and just um, intellectual, but um, so when you start writing, is there a certain time you like to do? Are you more of like a morning person, night person? Or does it not really matter? Um, I, oh gosh, I used to be a, a night writer. I'd write all night. <laughs> um, but now I really, something about it being sunny out really helps me. So um, I'll usually kind of spend the morning in um, kind of a quiet place and just try to clear my head. And then early afternoon, like around one o'clock, I'll start writing and, and try to write till until it gets dark. Oh, okay. So you mentioned in um, in your first novel, A List of Cages, that you really feel the main message throughout is really the importance of kindness. Do you feel like both of that message of kindness is really the main emphasis for your future works, or is there a different emphasis? Um, I think I think that that theme will probably. Um, make it into future projects and into a degree it's it'll be um, part of the project that's coming up but it's not um, probably not the the central theme in the way that it is in cages okay yeah interesting and it's great how they can be different things just because there are so many important messages out there and especially kindness um, so as a writer um, do you feel like any like any specific career has lent to themes in your book like um I would say uh being a counselor um you know and working with teens definitely you know and then and then in particular this um this book is about a boy who was in the foster care system um and has various learn had various uh, learning disabilities like when I was a um special education teacher, I had kids with developmental disabilities, learning disabilities, um, emotional disorders. And then when I counseled, um, you know, that definitely, um, that was definitely something a lot of my students experienced. Um, so I, yeah, so I would say those kind of things um, have made it into the book. For sure. So 
You definitely seem to have this um, special empathy and connection for kids who face disabilities. Will that continue in your other books also, or will there be other important qualities? Um, I think to a degree, um, uh, marginalized voices will probably always, you know, make it into my work Um, and, and in probably in different ways. Okay, yeah, well, that's great, just because I feel like um, they're definitely, at least in the YA section, there are some books with that, but they're definitely, I feel like, could be more of that and more attention on that, just because I feel like oftentimes there isn't. So, anyways, thank you so much, Robin, for coming on and having this great discussion about values, your new book, and all of your different experiences Sadly, we are out of time. If you're interested, please check out Robin's website, robinrowwriter.com, and of course, her new novel, A List of Cages. Also, please visit our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com for photos, descriptions, links, blogs, and more. Visit our charity site at bethestaryouare.org and watch fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash bethestaryouare. Stay right here as we continue our segment. I'm Maria Wong. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids Our program is Express Yourself. I'm Maria Wong, and today's hour is all about values. So now that we've already discussed what values are and had a great conversation with Robin Rowe about the importance of values in her experience, I'll be starting off with a Booksmart segment. So thinking about the gift of values, I thought Kira Kira by Cynthia Kadohata would be a great novel. Now, I absolutely love this novel. Out of all the books I've read in my lifetime, this is probably one of my top favorites that I've ever read. I read it when I was in fifth grade in elementary school, and I've read it at least over five times since then. And now as a high school senior, I just absolutely love it. Um, From what I just said, you can obviously tell that it's perfect for all age ranges because it really resonates with you in different ways. And I really feel like this novel, starting in elementary school to now, has shaped a lot of my personal values and really reflects how past experiences, 
family, culture, and one's environment can really shape one's values and essentially what they prioritize and value in life. So this novel is set in the 1950s and focuses on a young Japanese-American girl named Katie Takshima. At the start of her novel, um, her and her family, which consist of Katie, her beloved older sister Lynn, and her parents move away from their close-knit Japanese community in Iowa to the deep south of Georgia, where they really have no sense of community and are often seen as outsiders since there really weren't that many Japanese or Asian people there. So Katie is understandably uncomfortable as people look at her oddly in the street or treat her differently because of her race. And it's very understandable. Katie was is moving somewhere completely that's unfamiliar, and it's normal to feel uncomfortable and long for home. And it's really only due to Lynn, Katie's older sister, who teaches Katie to take pride in how they're different, how they're special, how they're Japanese, and really makes Katie feel comfortable, protected, and special. And Katie absolutely loves Lynn. They have a really great relationship. But at the same time, you see throughout the novel when they're in Georgia that Katie is able to hide within Lynn's shadow. For example, if Katie is faltering in school with grades or breaking familial rules, she can hide in the shadow and protection of Lynn, who often sets the perfect example, whether it's excelling in school or adhering to familial rules. And Lynn really is the caretaker of Katie throughout their young years from when Katie's 8 to 13 years old, as both of their parents are working in a very inhumane and draining chicken factory where they de-feather chickens at a graveyard shift while earning less than minimum wage. And so while they're working, Lynn really teaches Katie certain values. And once again, whether she really emphasizes to Katie to read new books and to save up money to do things that you want to just really be responsible and practical but at the same time appreciate how they're different living in Georgia. And Katie just once again really loves Lynn and really wants to be a really good older sister especially when her younger brother Sammy is born when she is around nine years old. And soon enough, they all learn to settle in their routine and live pretty much happily in Georgia, making friends and attending school. However, soon tragedy strikes. Lynn becomes terminally ill. She, it's obvious from the book that she is going to die soon enough. And with their parents working minimum wage, there's not enough room to have um, all the expenses paid for. And Though Katie has always been in the shadows of Lynn, as she's always been able to hide or not necessarily step up and take responsibility because Lynn always has, Katie in this situation, because of Lynn's illness, really has to take authority and learns new values along the way. For instance, since her parents are working more than overtime to pay for the costly medical bills for treating Lynn, Katie is taking care of her younger brother, Sammy, all the time, passing on the same values to him as Lynn did to her, such as the importance of reading and accepting yourself. And it's through Katie having to take this leadership role, through having to really be the older sister and help out her family, that she really learns the importance of integrity, perseverance, and independence. 
she never really was independent beforehand. And and the situation, since Lynn is bedridden, she really has to learn to be her own person, even when she's facing tribulations at home, whether it's taking care of Sammy or having a hard class or difficult course at school. And though this is really hard for Katie, she learns to grow stronger and care for her family in the process. And while the ending may be tragic in the fact that Lynn eventually does die, Katie throughout this all learns to appreciate the time they had while also passing on to her family the sense of hope that they have for the future. And through this, it leads on a positive note. It leaves with the with the word, the title, Kira Kira, which signifies in Japanese, glittering in the future, something shiny and glittering. And Katie sees this Kira Kira throughout her life, sort of this hope. And even with all the tribulations that she faces, she's able to learn to be her own person. And I really enjoyed this book when I was younger. I have a brother who's three years younger than me, so I'm the older sister. And it really made me, after reading this book, just really admire um, their relationships and just um, be nicer to my brother and be protective of him. So that type of thing when I was really young, when I was reading this in fifth grade. But as I read it in high school once again, I really made me think of the importance of family, the value of having a family and a support system there for you that not only helps shape your values, but also allows you to be your own person, discover who you are within this sort of protective community. So these values really just, I really loved. And the fact that Katie sort of was an underdog, you didn't know how she was going to be approaching her family and Lynn's illness. However, she is able to overcome it and be a better person because of this. And that just really inspires me again and again, even when you are facing all these troubles in your life, um, whether it's familial problems or problems at school or with your friends, as long as you know to hope for the Kira Kira, the glittering, shiny things, the remnants of hope within the future, everything will be okay. So overall, I'd really recommend this novel to any age range. As you can see, I read it from elementary school to now high school. This is a great novel for anybody who loves historical fiction, especially those set in the South, as this is set in Georgia. Anyone who loves coming-of-age novels are interested in Japanese culture or anyone who really can relate to either having to move somewhere that you're not really sure of and feel uncomfortable or have faced familial hardships. Throughout it all, you really will relate to Katie and her journey through life. You'll smile when her and Sammy are playing carelessly, cry when learning of Lynn's illness, and most importantly, you'll learn more about yourself. And once again, just like any book, especially for me, Kira Kira, has really just shaped my value system. So once again, I just really recommend Kira Kira to anybody in our audience. And it's time to say farewell. Sadly, we are off. Thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and Voice America Kids crew, especially our engineer, Matt. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world. And thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Maria Wong. You've been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For more information on our creative community, 
go to www.btsya.org and our main site at www.bethestarur.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, express your emotions, and be here. Think of your values and speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself